this month has had a lot of tests, a lot of tests to let go of what I thought I wanted so that I can actually experience what I'm here to experience. Welcome to the Stay Grounded Podcast. I'm your host, Raj Jana, founder of Liberate, and it's my mission to help you become the most grounded, loving, and authentic version of yourself that you can be. Each week, I interview experts in the fields of mindset, spirituality, and emotional well-being. My brilliant guests share their tools, stories, and unique perspectives to help you develop the skills you need to show up fully for the people and things that matter most in your life. Now let's dive in. Yo, everyone. Welcome to this month's reflection episode of Stay Grounded. This is your host, Raj. Thank you so much for being here and for giving me the gift of your attention. I do not take that for granted. This week's or this week's episode and this month's reflection is really rooted around me exploring um, certain patterns that have been a part of my story for the last three or four years. And I feel like I, I feel like I got to the roots of understanding where my own patterns of self-sabotage, self-abandonment, or my propensity to put the needs of others before my own. Where does this come from? And I came in with a really curious lens and surrendered a lot to experiences. And um, this was a just a really, one, beautiful month, but it was also challenging and rewarding. And oh, it was a month. <laughs> and I know that sounds super cryptic, but... I don't want to give away too much about the episode. Uh, it was one of the more meaningful months I've had in a very long time. Um, some beautiful experiences with my mom, some beautiful awarenesses around just love and intimacy and work and failure and what it means to be a leader and what it means to actually experience the life or what it takes to actually experience the life that you really want. You know, I talk a lot about, you know, if I if I knew how to get what I wanted, I'd already have it. But the reason I don't have it is because I don't know how to get it. And so if I keep trying to make something happen, I'm only going to create more of what I already know. So the only way to get what you actually want is to let go. Anyways, <laughs> more of those on the episode. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. If you haven't already subscribed to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time I release a new episode, it drops shade into your inbox. I believe this week is when we are starting to release the Stay Grounded minis. So those are going to be bite-sized episodes for me, um, just on things I'm navigating, things I'm thinking about, and stuff that's really present and alive in the moment, as opposed to me going through the reflection process of getting you a big aha. So I hope you enjoy those. and. Again, thank you so much for being here, guys. And I so appreciate you just being along for the ride. So without further ado, here is my dear friend Georgina guiding a beautiful conversation about the month of January. Enjoy. Welcome back to the show, Georgina. Hey, Raj. Thanks for having me back again. It's great to be here. Yeah, it feels really good. Um, we were just talking about how kind of this year I've been really trying not to be so structured with my reflection where it's like it's happening on the same time every month and it's being it's like there's something really beautiful about kind of dropping in and 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 reflecting when it feels most potent 
-hmm. and I miss my reflection practice. Like I'm looking back on my notes right now and I have way less notes. Yeah, way I mean, less, you... like way less <laughs> details, way less like it's just it's new for me to not be in my head so much and be more integrated and trusting. And ultimately that was a big theme of the month and we'll talk about it, but just letting go, mm -hmm. letting go of control, letting go of my attachments, letting go of my need to know, letting go of everything that I, because whatever's running through the mind and I'm really now learning how to have a balance of the mind and just deep presence and soul heart like combination and it's taking me some time. So I don't know if I have that figured out yet, but I'm in a process of figuring out what is the combination of doing and being? What is the combination of mind and soul? What is the combination of rest and push? What is it? And it's ever evolving for me as I grow and age and come back to myself. So yeah, I mean, if you're anything like me, every time I think I've got it figured out, I realize I've got nothing figured out. And like the whole piece starts again. It's um, it's both frustrating and and beautiful. So um, yeah, I remember that you were talking about taking some of the structure away from your reflection process after coming back from Vipassana. So yeah, of course, there's some power and um presence in having structure. But how have you been finding just this more intuitive way of being? Um, the word that's coming up for me is trust like I, I really feel like trusting that I will remember what I'm supposed to remember trusting that if I'm meant to have it I would already have it right now like trusting in this kind of grand scheme of life has allowed me to it's like I'm shedding so many aspects of my ego and so many attachments and so many parts of me that were rooted in a deep state of needing to know and needing to control. And I guess like I knew I found this out in my Vipassana, just how strong my desire for control is. Even if I tell myself, I'm like, oh, I'm such a free flowing guy. Like, no, I think there's some level of safety that's or security. I don't want to say safety because Safety to me is found in trust. Like when you just trust that the universe has your back, that's when I think you access ultimate safety in the body, like real safety, real nervous system, like whoosh, when you can fall back and just trust and know that you are held, that to me is safe. Secure is a function of the mind. Security, certainty, these qualities that we might confuse with safety I believe are those constructs that are rooted in a desire to control an outcome, to manifest something. And I think it's challenging for me because I go back and forth from being a CEO, an entrepreneur, somebody who's building things with also this deeply spiritual, connected, you know, infinite aspect of myself that is more trusting of the grand plan. And I think it's been challenging because, you know, especially this month, there's just been a lot of experiences that have helped really come in to like almost challenge me in some ways, challenge me like, Raj, how deeply are you committed to this path of trust? How deeply are you committed to this path of 
of stewardship? How deeply are you committed to liberate? How deeply, how deeply are you actually following the prayer of your life? And that to me is the question that continues showing up. It's like, when things get hard, can you fall back to your prayer? Which is letting go. Ultimately, the prayer is letting go. It's surrendering. It's falling into the moment. It's letting myself crack. Whether it's in the form of feeling or my mind losing its, its, its sense of stability or whatever it is, but connecting to that deeper aspect. And it's learning to source that strength from nature, from silence and meditation from community. And uh, I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of just feel like I rambled for a bit, but what I'm, what I'm really sensing and feeling is, is a more integrated way of being, but it's been, yeah, this month has had a lot of tests, a lot of tests to let go of what I thought I wanted so that I can actually experience what I'm here to experience. Thank you. So you're talking about how this this month has been you know, encouraging you to explore trust and differentiating between safety and, and security. Um, what kind of things have you been experiencing that have been pushing the bar on that? Like how, how have you been tested? Let me just read this little quote and then I can kind of dive into that. This is from my journal. It's one of my journal entries. The real measure of trust and letting go of control the thing I desire isn't something my mind has experienced it, which is why it can't be created. It must be surrendered to. And if I just come back to that, um, you know, when I think about my, my, my entrepreneurial ventures, right? Like in the past, everything I've built has been of the mind. Like my first company, Java Press was very mind-oriented. I bought courses, I read books, I followed blueprints, and we hit success, right? But it was very much like following the path of somebody else. Liberate, on the other hand, is not following anybody's path. We're building something that has never been built before. No one's tried to solve this problem in the way that we are now. Mm -hmm. And so that then requires a deeper listening, Right, Because if I try to come at it from the mind, I can bring all my skill sets. I can bring everything I've done in the past. I can bring all the stuff I learned from books. I can go and do all that, and it's useful. And I must listen. I must go deeper. And so this month, there was just so many you know, business pivots that we've had to do. Just truly like, okay, we tested this out. It didn't work. All right, let's go test that out. It didn't work. Okay, great. Let's go do this. Let's test. D didn't work. And to be staying in a deep prayer while all that's happening, to zoom out and see the brilliance of it and how every rejection or thing not working is actually a redirection. Every forced pivot is actually helping us get closer to what we really want and more. That takes time and practice to develop that, that lens on creation. And I feel like the last few years I've been going from this lens of reframing failure from failure means something final or it means something about myself to actually not even using the word failure and just saying, oh, this is a redirection. Like we're actually moving in another direction. Oh, we're like, oh, this thing didn't work out, but look at that thing that just showed up. 
let's run there. And it's a much more fluid state of creativity and creation that isn't as attached to this is how it must be. And, and I find that in, in relationship too, right? Like when I'm, you know, exploring intimacy or dating, like my mind wants to attach to what it knows. It wants to attach to what it's experienced already. And anything outside of that box, anything outside of what's normal or familiar feels, it's almost like there's a, maybe, I don't know if it's uncomfortable or if there's something, but it's like, that's a part of the medicine too, is okay, can I actually let go of what I think I want and follow this thread for a little bit and, and see, because if I, if I want, if I knew how to get it, I'd already have it. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I know myself, I'm such a, I'm such a powerful manifester. But the things that truly are your soul's calling cannot be manifested. I don't, I don't believe you can just manifest that. I think it must be created alongside the universe. And I am sensing that most in spirit-led businesses like Liberate and true sacred union, right? Like you can like, and that's what I'm really calling in. Like I, you know, I really want like deep union with a partner. And for me to be experiencing that depth of love, I have to surrender everything my mind has ever wanted because my mind doesn't understand that it was never modeled sacred union. It was never, it's like it, the thing I want is on the other side of what I don't know. And so there's this beautiful opportunity to surrender, have a, have a, have an intention and a vision, but surrender into the present moment and trust what's showing up. If this person's showing up, there's a reason. If this experience is showing up, there's a reason. And leaning into the mirrors of my life with that lens, because I truly believe that, you know, whatever's showing up in your life is the most honest mirror you have. You can choose to look away from the honesty of it. You can choose to see something else. You can choose to bypass it. But this thing, this person is showing up to really help you experience a level of clarity about yourself, about your past, about what you're really here to do. And I'm kind of, or this challenge or this opportunity or this reframe or this trigger, like whatever it is, but like coming at life through that frame has been incredibly empowering. And that's really what I've been leaning more into. It's been helping me become more resilient. You know, in Liberate, we talk a lot about emotional resilience and how do you become more, it's another word for more grounded. How do you stay grounded? How do you become more emotionally resilient? And I do think it's your ability to reframe challenges, opportunities, triggers, um, into, uh, and be able to zoom out and being able to see how everything in your life is working in harmony to help you experience a level of awareness. I think that's when you really start to, uh, experience some of these breakthroughs in your well being. right? Like when you want, when you can call it mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, like I, I really feel like your awareness is the greatest technology there is. 
And your ability to reframe is actually a very important mechanism of that technology. Like it, it is, it is your most powerful tool. And that's what I've been really leaning into is, you know, cultivating my ability to reframe challenges real time or cultivate fear and trigger into opportunity and curiosity. And like when I feel a trigger, instead of running, actually leaning in, like if I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're triggering me, like actually cultivating the courage to share what I'm really feeling, even if it means it makes me look a certain way or if it pisses them off, like it's trusting in that, in the alchemy of what's really here. Um, so that's kind of, I guess I don't know if I answered your question, but I feel like I went on another ramble, but hopefully that was helpful. Well, you talked a lot about reframing there and this notion that maybe the ego or your mind has a vision of what you want your life to be like in terms of relationship and business. Um, and then how that feels when that doesn't manifest. And, but then you're talking about living this spiritual life, um, and with like spirit led business, sacred unions, um, and somehow when things don't work out, that's because other things are happening behind the scenes because you can't create something you've never created before. That's kind of, I was trying to summarize what you were saying, mm -hmm. kind of leading to my question. So my question I would, I want to ask you is, I understand the purpose of reframing and how that can enable you to see reality in a different perspective. How do you know the difference between reframing to kid yourself that, oh, if I tell this other story, it's covering up all this pain of the things that didn't happen that I wanted versus reframing to a more truthful version of what's really there. Does that make sense? Well, the truth, so this is where honesty is so important, right? Asking for a friend here, by the way. No, I mean, it's <laughs> like, well, honesty is so important. Like, like when I look at, like I can, I can project a challenge in relationship. Oh, this person doesn't do this for me. Oh, this person doesn't show up. It, it's like all that stuff, right? I can go and blame, project, go outward. Or I can get really honest and ask, why am I still tolerating people that don't meet my needs fully? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, like a different... mm -hmm. It's a reframe, right? So it's like, instead of going outward, it's coming back inward. It's like, why am I abandoning what's really important to me? Where's that coming from? Why am I still not choosing myself? even though I feel like I've learned this lesson over and over and over again, what part of me is still not choosing? And, you know, it was a big part of my month was, you know, kind of realizing that I still had parts of me that were self-abandoning myself in intimacy and relationships. I was like really sacrificing my desires and needs to make others happy or meet them where they are. And, you know, I really went into ceremony this month. I had some really powerful um, journeys and experiences to help me kind of get more clarity around that. And and I went down a deep rabbit hole of, uh, actually, I'll share this one because I, I think it might be helpful for people who also have this kind of pattern of self-abandonment. And, you know, I can share my story of where I think mine came from, and hopefully that might spark some some interest and desire for you to explore yours but 
Yeah, I um I went into this journey and I, I was working with this with this shaman and and he really encouraged me after I went in because I went in under the impression of like why am I still not choosing myself? What do you mean by that? Can you can you make that more kind of concrete? Yeah, so when I say choosing yourself, it is like honoring your boundaries. Like when you say that, hey, this is what I this is how I keep my peace. This is how I keep my safety. This is how I keep my heart. Like not choosing yourself is throwing all that aside so that you can meet the needs of another person. So it's like self-abandonment in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I, I, or people pleasing, maybe people pleasing, self-abandonment, um, you know, breaking your promises to yourself. Like, oh, I'm just not going to do this, but you did. And like, those are all versions of you not honoring your word to yourself, which is not choosing yourself. Like, so when I think about choosing yourself, it is the relationship you have with yourself. And if you treated yourself like your best friend and your best friend was telling you, hey, this is what I need. This is what I need you to do. This is how I need to be protected. This is like, and you go out there and you don't, you blatantly disregard all the needs of that part of you. That is not honoring yourself that is not choosing yourself mm -hmm. and the only way you can learn to choose yourself is by knowing how you haven't been choosing yourself so there's a brilliance yeah. to all of this right and this is why i keep saying like you know nine months ago i think i was in a place where i was just learning how to choose myself and actually four years ago i was just learning how to choose myself. now i feel like i'm a lot better and what i also notice is that as you go through life you call in challenges that are of greater and greater proportions to help you access greater and greater depths so mm -hmm. this growth journey is never done. It's just constantly evolving upwards. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was just really potent and powerful questions. And my shaman really helped me. He actually asked me a question. He's like, Raj, like, have you spent a lot of time with your mom? And have you, you know, I feel like this whole self-abandonment thing, like just a question, like, you know, if your mom's still alive, Maybe go talk to her about this because she might have some clarity and insight. And immediately when he said that, I was like, ooh, like felt right. This is why like the mind is like, how could she know anything? My mom doesn't, my mom's like this, 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 this. And it's like the mind is like playing all these things, but something in my body knew that there was something real there. And I don't know if you know anyone listening remembers from previous episodes, but I've been talking about how over the last several months, ever since my mom and I had a really deep um, medicine, or not medicine, um, the the breathwork ceremony in Nosara, where we were crying in each other's arms, um, I've been feeling really connected to her, like really connected in like a really interesting way. One might even call it enmeshed, which is like, I feel this like, almost like I'm still a part of my mom in some ways. And in November... Like when I left her to come to Nosara, I, I was crying and I found myself crying every time I'd leave my mom. And so there's like all this stuff happening. I'm like realizing like, okay, well, maybe all this, all of this is showing up now for some reason. And then I'm with this guy and he says now, okay, like go talk to your mom. I'm like, great. Maybe it's time to actually go do that. So I fly back home. I spend a few days with my mom and we start talking about, um, we just start having some conversations about my childhood and, you know, her and how I was raised and what it was like having me in her tummy when, you know, and 
we're just having these conversations and and then all of a sudden I had this like another ping from my body, which is crazy because my mind was like, do not do this. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be too much for her. This is gonna freak her out a little bit. It's like all these things, the scripts in my mind, but my body was like, no, I tell her it was a quieter, softer invitation. And then I had to have the courage to act on it. And then I looked at my mom and was like, Mom, I'm gonna ask you something weird. You know, this might sound really off, like you've never heard of this. And, you know, if you don't want to do this, that's okay. But would you be open to eye gazing with me? And, you know, eye gazing has been my medicine of choice the last, you know, year. I've been working with a practitioner who's really good at using eye gazing to go deep into like just spiritual healing. And like, it's, I mean, it's, it's really potent medicine if you know how to use it. And I asked her and she had no idea what she signed up for. <laughs> I had no idea what I was signing up for, but I was like, it'd be really sweet to just eye gaze with my mom. It's one of my favorite ways to actually connect with, with people that I'm, that I'm wanting to be intimate with. And so, um, my mom, she sits across from me and we start eye gazing within seven seconds. I break down crying. And it was like this little boy in me was just like feeling seen by the one person that I've always wanted to be seen by. And it was like such a, like she saw me crying and just being the sweetheart of a mom she is. She came over and she just started holding me. And we went deeper. We did it again. And it was like even deeper layers. And then all of a sudden memories started showing up from my childhood. And, and it was really eye opening because like we had sat down we were eye gazing and I'm crying. And every time I cry, my mom just can't see me cry. So she comes over and she's like holding me and she's intuitively knowing how to speak to me. She's like speaking to me as if I'm a child and telling me how special I am and how much she loves me and all this. And, and then all of a sudden I get this memory and I'm talking to my mom about the root of when my self-abandonment began like the first memory of when I learned again this is and I'm really saying this because this is really important where I learned or assumed that self-abandonment is how I get love when I was four years old my little brother Krishna was born and Krishna is one of my favorite human beings on the planet truly I love him so dearly he's a pilot in the military he's just, uh, it's just I just adore the guy and when I was four, he was born. And when my mom brought him back home, um, I was a very jealous older brother. And my mom had this memory show up. And my mom and I were talking about how the day my brother came back, um, not in the day, like in the weeks after, my brother was getting a lot of attention from people coming. My mom was spending a lot of time with him dad was also it's like newborn you know like everybody's there and i think like a, a little violin i went up to my mom and i was like mom can you put krishna back in your belly and like that moment my mom and i like when we were talking about it like her eyes started watering because she was like oh my god like i didn't even think that something that small could impact you in this way and 
it was eye-opening because I didn't either. I mean, I've done a lot of work at Liberate and, you know, Liberate, we help people, you know, go back in time, track their childhood memories and then like heal them and release them. And, and I, you know, we've read the research on the little T traumas and, you know, trauma, quote unquote, because that's not a traumatic thing by any stretch of the word to, if you compare it to another experience, but to that child, that was everything. It was him not getting love. It was him being abandoned. It was him. And then he developed this idea that he had to do all of this work to stand out for mom and to get her love. And he had to abandon his own desires in order to make her happy. And it was just eye-opening. This month was a lot of reflection, eye-opening and getting to the root and and I, and I feel a whole new wave of Raj right now. Like I really feel there's something about those like, you know, zero to seven memories that are stored in the body that like you can't access with cognition. Like you can't get there with the mind. And I'm so grateful I listened to those threads of surrender and letting go again, coming back to surrendering and letting go and following the path, even though you don't know where it's going to go, but just trusting if it's here and it's alive, just go. Like there's something about following life and listening to life that you may not know where it's going to take you. And when you finally get there, it's like the aha makes so much sense. It's like you get an entire reframe on life that allows you to see such a, a, a hockey stick of growth. But it truly takes that courage to surrender and listen and surrender the mind. Because again, the mind is always trying to create what it knows. It's literally a projection. So if you want something you've never experienced before, you can't get there through the mind. You have to get there by letting go. So I'll pause there. Well, thanks for sharing that, that story. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that experience. And you shared this memory of where you decided that um, in order to get loved, you needed to perform in a certain way. And it feels like potentially that belief has been you've been able to reframe that experience now and your your belief has maybe shifting so when when that kind of process happens like what's changed for you if you look into the future now what, what was different yeah so the way that i like to think of like the healing arc right it's like there's awareness of something that's showing up mm -hmm. right so i would say that like i have my triggers right so my triggers have been showing up triggers from human beings triggers from life like and i have all these feelings and insecurities and emotions and thoughts and stuff that are just really alive inside of me and that phase is what i call awareness right so like it's like you're really like the you're becoming aware that there's something that's asking to be let go that's asking to release from you that's asking to to be liberated and then there's the the tool if you would of like uh and this is what I like to call healing, even though, you know, healing is whatever, but like, it's like, it's either a conversation with somebody or it's something like eye gazing, or maybe it's plant medicine, or maybe it's a 10 day Vipassana retreat, or maybe it's, like I said, it could truly just be a conversation with somebody. That's like the scariest thing you could do, but whatever it is, it's like, it's some level of you going into the mystery without attachments and like really surrendering into some type of an alchemical process to gain greater levels of awareness, whether it's 
cognitive awareness, you know, emotional awareness, uh, historical awareness, like remembering things, whatever it is, right? Like there's lots of different types of awareness that can be combined inside of a healing experience. But once something like that happens and you get the breakthrough and you get the insight, the next is integration, right? And that's really what the last few weeks have been like for me, which is like every time a trigger shows up mm-hmm. and I log it in our trigger in our, in our liberate app mm-hmm. and I'm real time reframing. I'm like, okay, how can I look at this trigger through the lens of what I learned in that experience? How can I just see it through a whole new light? And now you're literally changed. So we uh, at Liberate, we call this practice looking for alternative interpretations. So it's like this thing is showing up. Can I reframe it from a different lens? So like if I had a whole, okay, if this trigger is showing up right now because I have this belief that I'm not enough, if I had an opposite belief that I am the most amazing human being in the world and there's nothing wrong with me, how would I experience what's happening right now? And that to me is how you continue expanding. And that's how you build your, your, your principles and your, you know, mm-hmm. the, the ways you live your life, your legacy, you know, like we call them legacy statements at Liberty, but it's like, like how do you actually begin to create these these statements, if you would, that that are more beliefs, these beliefs, these really empowering lenses that can allow you to continue growing and evolving until the next opportunity to experience an even greater level of awareness about yourself presents itself. So really, this whole journey is about coming into more awareness of who you are. That's it. And the more awareness you have of who you are, the more choice you have. Right? The more I can create. And like when I think of choice, it's like, back to destiny versus you know, free will like if you have a bunch of programs that are just operating in the background of your awareness without you knowing then you might be pulled into relationships you might be pulled into opportunities you might just be pulled into life you might think you're doing something but it's actually a, an operating system behind you that's causing you to act in certain ways so like for example if i'm self-abandoning right and if yeah. that's what I have back here and that's what I know is normal, I'm just going to keep doing that. I'm just going to keep doing that and keep keep creating those dynamics because that is what I know. But if I ascend above, if I zoom out, and if I get to clarity around what's actually going on underneath the hood, and then I release that, and then I come up with a new lens, a new commitment to myself more than anything, I can create a new type of relationship that is nothing like anything I've ever experienced. But in order to even have that fighting chance, you have to have awareness of why you don't have it already. If that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And so when I say choice, I mean, you're giving yourself more optionality to -hmm. experience what you actually desire by being in choice versus being out of choice. And out of choice is unconsciously creating whatever you're creating versus in choices. Okay. If I'm going to self-abandon, great. That's okay. But I'm going to be aware of the fact that I'm doing it. Very different than just, oh, this person came into my life and they're here in town and I'm just going to, you know, like that's different. You see what I'm, there's, there's a different frequency to this. Mm-hmm. So. So maybe let's look at some, 
like make this more concrete look at some examples so if you think about like dating as a like an idea how is this new perspective you have how has that shifted how you're showing up and and how you know that mirror of relationship is working um I think I'm allowing myself to be more upfront about what I desire, what I, what's important to me. And really, again, because this is the thing, I have a new operating system now. Yeah. Right? But there's also a lot I don't know. So there's a lot of surrender. I just know that honoring myself comes first. Respecting myself comes first. Choosing myself comes first. That's it. That's all I know. I don't know anything else. And so as long as I interact from that space of true self-love, self-honoring, whatever happens after that is okay. And that's the commitment. So beyond even relationships and dating, it's like the relationship with myself is what I'm so focused on right now. Because I find if I keep solidifying this relationship with myself, I'm going to continue finding experiences or experiences are just going to find me. People are going to find me. I don't have to go look. I can just keep loving myself. This is the only thing that matters. How deeply do I love myself? How deeply do I choose myself? How deeply am I committed to holding all of the parts of me? with love and tenderness. How deeply committed are you? Whew. Fuck. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, wow, that's a, that's a question that I, I want to say a, a fuck yes. And there's a part of me that's like afraid to say that. And that's the truth. Because by being so fuck yes committed to me, it's a new paradigm. It's a new reality. I have no idea what's going to come on the other side of that. So what I can promise is that in this moment, I'm a full fuck yes to Raj. I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing, exactly with who I want to be doing it. I feel incredibly grateful, connected. I don't know what will happen tomorrow, but I can keep the commitment. What I can commit to is to always have this conversation with myself front and center. And that comes through my daily practice. Right, So like I, I'm committed like every morning I've been meditating for an hour every morning. I've been keeping that up since my Vipassana. And in that, it's a, it's like the commitment to me. Before I do anything, I am meditating and being with myself. And every week, I'm having conversations with my business partners and people about what I really need. So I'm building a structure around my... Actually, you know what? I take that back. I am super fucking committed. Because I'm now remembering that I'm building systems in my life to ensure that commitment actually gets followed through on okay so i'm really i'd love to again make this like really concrete so maybe you can give us yeah. know, five things five six things that are happening now because of the new mindset 
and the and the reframe compared to how they would have been differed before. Yeah. So let me just one of the biggest reframes is just um like I have a monthly heart to heart now with my business partners. What does um, that involve? It means us talking really, really, really intimately about how our behaviors, our actions are are like impacting one another. Yeah. And that's it. And it's something, I don't know how it's going to go, but it's like something that I asked for. So how would the old Raj have shown up in that? And how the would... old Raj was not just how he, he was uh -huh. uh, not actually creating a safe space for those types of conversations to happen. Maybe because I didn't want to hear the feedback, maybe because I was afraid of hurting someone else's feelings in whatever form, shape or resistance there was like, yeah, there was just resistance, but now I'm so committed mm -hmm. that I'm like, I don't care if this blows everything up. Like if we can't be in this space with love, we are building the wrong company. And that's it. If we can't take our own medicine, we are building the wrong company. I'm feeling that one. And so that's where we're just doing our work. I mean, one of our core values at Liberate is we do the fucking work. We don't just talk about it. We don't just create things and sell them. No, we are products of this. We are committed to it. And that starts with the hard conversations. Or the heart-to-hearts. It doesn't have to always be hard. It can just be soft and vulnerable and open. Hard conversations can only be hard if the ego is involved. And so the practice is really softening the ego. And for me, in just relating in general, I think it's just being more upfront about what I need. Like me actually going to my mom and asking her to eye gaze multiple times with me when I know that was opening up a lot for her was actually really, really, uh, healing for me. Okay. Okay. Question on that one. Yeah. Were you, were you able to ask her from, okay. Asking for a friend here. Would you be able to ask her from a place of, um, vulnerability or do you find that when you go to those vulnerable places, there's like a, a shutdown. So you don't feel it. How do you, how do you, how do you, okay, let me rephrase my question. How do you step into those moments and with like vulnerability and openness and love rather than protection? Ah, oh, this is the practice. This is the practice of softening your heart. Mm. You know, like there's even, even that in that question, there's lies the answer, right? Like just the, the, if you if you just soften into the ask and not like there's a actually i wrote this down let me actually read this quote i read this somewhere and i thought it was brilliant Let's see if i can find it um where are you speaking from are you speaking from your mind or your body mm. And that's a simple check you can do before you have a conversation. Literally just ask yourself, sit back and just breathe and be like, all right, where is this question coming from? And if you just connect to that first, then you can come forth with softness. And I, and it's a practice. I cannot tell you it's something that you just develop overnight. You just 
have to be in there getting the reps and being messy and building trust with yourself. Like it's a big part of this is why I think intimacy and relating and relationship is such a powerful playground for this because there's no, you know, Jason Gaddis, my dear friend, says this, you know, when the stakes are high, it's really, really scary to go in and have hard conversations, like high stakes relationships. Like what if you say the wrong thing? What if I say the wrong thing to my business partner? And it creates a complete rift. What if I say the wrong thing to somebody like my mom? We were together and in this really intimate space, like I was kind of afraid of doing the whole thing. I even remember talking to a buddy of mine before I left. I was like, dude, this is terrifying for me because if I say the wrong thing, if this doesn't go well, I don't know. What if I have to completely rebuild my relationship with my mom? And I think there's a whole level of trust. So how did you navigate that fear? Like how, how did you get yourself to the side of that so you could show up without just dismissing it and saying, oh, it'll, it'll be all right? Coming back to my heart, really, mm-hmm. and and I the remembrance that I'm actually a good man. How do you know that? I know that. That's the work. That's your work. If you don't think you're a good person, that's your work because ultimately there's some layer of a belief or some story or something that's that you still haven't come into full harmony with that is creating that insecurity. I know from the depths of my heart that I am a good human being. And that anything that comes from me is coming from a place of love. And when I forget that, I think I can say the wrong thing. I can do the thing. But ultimately, even if it hurts the other person, it does not mean that I am a bad human being. It just means that I said the wrong, I said it in a way that, that created something for them. And my capacity to repair, trusting in that, my capacity to say sorry, my capacity to hold space for something to come back and be attacking towards me, my capacity to not be met, my capacity to say something and then for it to be completely stonewalled and deflected. It's like these are the skill sets that I think is a part of relational mastery that I've been cultivating. And I think that's ultimately what gives me the confidence to to navigate some of these very uh, sensitive conversations with more tact than I did, you know, five years ago. I was a sledgehammer five years ago. I didn't even know how to hold the emotion. I remembered when Gina and I first dated, like we started dating, like if there was something uncomfortable, I couldn't hold it. I just had to blurt it out. And that was like a part of, our challenge early on in our relationship was like me not being able to hold the, the, this, the, the frame Hmm. and -hmm. underneath it, I had a lot of fears and insecurities that I was a bad person. I had a lot of shame and a lot of, uh, like just a lot, it went really deep. So it's practice doing your own work and, uh, creating your, improving your capacity to repair. I think all of that plays a really important role in in being able to navigate some of these conversations. And tools, like, I mean, Jason Gaddis's book is fantastic. 
you know, he's who I learned the whole, like the, the, and when I say tool, it's not like a, like a, like a hammer, right? Like a tool can be like an insight or a perspective, right? So like a tool that he really shared with me, like that insight that, Hey, when your partner's in a trigger, it's really not them that's triggered. It's actually this four-year-old child. So can you see that child within them or that scared little animal or whatever? It's like, there's a part of them that's actually not rational. That's being activated right now. And can you trust that they actually want to be in harmony? That's actually who they are. And like that tool whew, changed a lot for me. Cause then I'd see other people and they'd be in their triggers and I can now hold that loving frame without it needing to be about me. So I think those types of tools also really help. There was a lot, there was a lot in that, lot, a lot in that. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that's interesting how developing the tools alongside um, building awareness of, of who you are and how those two interlink, how the more tools then enable you the, the capacity to develop that awareness and how the awareness like shows you the capacity shows you where you need to have those blind spots where the tools are needed but you know trying to do it in a supported way um that sounds that's what i'm hearing you say is that having that support and those things that you can lean on can really help you go into these you know the, the less trodden places that, that might throw up more things for you you need a dojo hmm. yeah, you really do and this is why you know liberate is built the way it is Right. Like you, you, you're given tools and exercises and processes to do on your own, but then be being in community with others that you can learn from and practice with before you go out into the real world mm -hmm. and you go and really, it's like, for me, I, I think that dojo is so important, a dojo and a place where you can practice these skill sets of being a more empathetic, loving, open, vulnerable human being. Because there aren't a lot of safe spaces in the world that allow for that. And I think it takes time, patience, perspective, guidance to really get there. And I mean, I would not be where I am without my communities. Like my communities uh, that really played a big role for me early on. I mean, Gina, truly, I would not be where I am without her. Like she, and I mean... Even my mom, like I just, all these family members, like I just have such a deep level of appreciation for each of these human beings because they've really helped me cultivate this skill set. Like I really sat with, you know, gratitude for being born for my mom and for actually, and this is part of reframing, right? Like that's the part of the integration on the other side is like, having so much gratitude that I was born to my mom and I got a little brother so that I could get these insecurities so that I could actually heal them. Because all of those things that I learned from my mom and all these insecurities that I learned also helped shape who I am. I'm incredibly caring and loving for the people in my life because of initially it started from this insecurity, but it actually developed into this beauty of just wanting to overpour my heart and my love into the people around me. Like if you take away the insecurity and just keep that, that's fucking gold. And so zooming out and being able to actually see the gifts and like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that I had this relationship. Or I'm so grateful that I was born to this person so that I could learn these ultimate lessons 
to show up so much fuller so I can really own all of me and shed what's not, shed the parts that aren't serving me anymore. This insecurity, this self-abandonment really isn't serving me anymore. And so I can re I can create a new path forward. And so I just want to name that, you know, all these, the work we do is ultimately to get to that place of ultimate gratitude, because from that space, we can create a new reality moving forward. Gratitude is the prayer. It's the only prayer. We can ask for a lot of things in our lives. We can manifest and say things, but ultimately the, the only prayer that we, in my eyes, even need is a thank you. And, I, and the more I connect to that thank you, the more I can really drop into all the gifts that are present in everything that's here in my life. Okay, I needed to hear myself say that right now. It's amazing how this podcast is my medicine too. Like I just, I just I'm so grateful for everyone listening and you, Georgina, for just this space. I, I, it really is healing for me to be here and to be seen and witnessed in my own process. And, and, uh, yeah. So thank you. I just want to thank all of you for being a part of my life. So if people have been listening and they're curious about maybe trying some new tools or finding some new new pathways into themselves, you obviously talks about liberate. Where, where's a good place to start with liberate with their liberate journey? Yeah, if you want to explore liberate, um, just head to rajgenre.com forward slash liberate. That's L-I-B-E-R-8. And you can just go to our website or you can go to liberate.health. You can just look at the website and just see um, what offerings we have, uh, our, our first product really is like an emotional lab report and mm -hmm. you, it's basically like a, a report that you receive after going into a 90 minute session with someone on my team, uh, to kind of help you unpack some triggers that are showing up in your life, either some challenging experiences or challenging feelings or repeating patterns. That's where we start with just awareness. Again, before we go into healing, before we go into integration, we start with the awareness and that's that's the first place to start. So yeah, you can go there and check it out. And, and always you can DM me on Instagram. I'm very active and I'm very responsive to um, those that uh, that send me messages. I may not be able to get to it immediately, but I, I do my best to respond to questions and things that might be showing up. And so, yeah, I hope, I hope, this content is supportive. Um, and you know, I realized one of the big reasons why I've really been focusing on liberate the last few years is because I realized, you know, I talk so openly about my processes and it's one thing to hear about this stuff, but then what do you do with it? Liberates the, what do you do with it? Answer. So, yeah, I think that, I think that's a really important point. Um, and that's what's so beautiful about these conversations is you you never really know what what door's going to open or what's going to like kind of catch you. And if something has kind of opened up, then you know, you can explore that courage to walk through the door. Mm. Sometimes guilty of this, like something will open up, be like, oh yeah, I need to go and do that, but then it shuts down again. So having something like Liberate where you can go and 
like have the courage to take it that step further is 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 super powerful so you know do check out the website and 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 see whether it feels good for you well i'll also mm. say that like courage becomes a lot easier when you feel safe mm. and that's really like a core foundational philosophy at liberate is like we really believe that just by creating safe spaces like you don't need to go fight the dragon because you feel big mm. <laughs> you know like you feel big like and so our entire framework our entire process all of our programs all of our like one-on-one -on -one sessions is designed to really help you feel that bigness that safety to go and feel held and supported as you go into you know navigating and exploring who you are because it can be fun it can be curious it can be dimension opening it can have so much richness outside of the fear and the worry and the pain and the trauma and whatever else might be there too but that isn't a i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because this this journey of awareness uh is is it may not be blissful all the time but in my eyes it's the path to ultimate bliss well, one last question, just to sum up this conversation, bring our conversation to a close. If if you were thinking back over all the experiences you've had over the past month, like what's the key takeaway for you? Like that key, the key thing that just rises above everything else. Um, I think what's most present for me is just. Keep leaning in, mm. keep leaning in and keep letting go. Like, like there's, whenever there's a desire to run, question it. Whenever there's a desire to go do something by yourself, question it. Like there's like a, I feel this right now we're in this collective opportunity to go, I think from independence to interdependence. That's really what I think we are stepping into, which is like this me versus you kind of mindset into an us and a collaborative mindset. And that involves and requires us to let go of our defenses, to let down our walls, to lean in to hard conversations, to be seen, to be witnessed, to see others. And I can feel that. I can, I've been feeling it for a while and I'm just encouraging myself this is a reminder to myself and anyone listening to just lean in i think uh you've 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 got support there's there's support um so i think that's the big theme for me and the reminder is to continue leaning in and letting go thank you mm -hmm. thank you everybody that's a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded I'm your host, Raj. This is your old friend, Georgina. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat very soon. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Stay Grounded. No matter where you're from or what you're going through, I hope it helps you remember just how incredible you are and have always been. If you're on a path of emotional healing or self-discovery and would like to learn how Liberate can support your journey, head to www.rajana.com forward slash liberate that is l-i-b-e-r-eight 
to learn more about our current group programs and one-on-one offerings. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week.